Well, good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Plant Experts. I'm Tamara McDaniel, broadcasting live from Prairie Gardens here at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign, corner of Springfield and Duncan. So come on out. The store is open and ready to go and full of all sorts of fabulous plants. You could also call in and talk to our experts at 356-9397. Uh, or even text us at 351-5357. We have plant experts standing by, Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Marianne. And John Weisgarver. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, John. And uh, Steve Brown may be joining us in just a little bit, but let's introduce the host of our show, the one and only Ed Kelly. Good morning, Ed. Uh, Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's a great day for gardening. Um, oh, indeed. Yeah. Yes. High going to be maybe 82, 84. Doesn't look like there's any rain today. Uh, not mm-hmm. so maybe the rest of the week. I know it's nice to have the day without the rain so you can work. On the other hand, uh, Jim Angel earlier on um, Jim Lewis's show this morning said uh, Champaign County was down maybe two to three inches on rainfall, uh, average yeah. rainfall. I don't doubt that. It seems awful dry. Yeah, it's... Measuring the cracks uh, in my backyard. It's very bad, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, he also said it was inconsistent. You know, some... Oh, his weather always is. But, I mean, he said, you know, some places had plenty, and then others, you know, not so much. So, um, Yeah, that's true. Time. It's been very spotty. Yeah, it's it's just one place is... You get it, and two miles away, there's nothing. Yep. Well... Uh, so I suppose some judicious watering is called for, uh, depending on your situation. Um, yeah. It is. Yeah, I've been out with a little cart in my bucket. <laughs> of course you have. Have you decided to freeze those? If you joined us late last <laughs> week, the, the uh, advice from the experts, John likes to water by using a bucket. He gets to see exactly how much he gets to put it on and so forth. And we were suggesting that he could freeze those buckets of water and then just let them melt around the base of the plant. Of course, you'd have to have a big freezing space and a lot of... You give any thought like to that, John? <laughs> well, you know, I, it was kind of intriguing to me, but then I thought, well, I don't have that many bottles. First oh, of all, yeah. I'd have to find somebody to drink all the, the liter bottles, and then where would I, <laughs> where would I freeze them? You, know, yeah. you don't I've have got, a big freezer. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Yeah, okay. I understand. Uh, this is Coffee with the Plant Experts live from Prairie Gardens, 356-9397, 356-9397. We'd love to talk and to you this morning. Yeah, Marianne. Can I say two things that I wanted to say last week and I totally forgot? I already forgot one of them. Uh, <laughs> one of them now? was it's on the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah again. <laughs> okay. We understand. Okay, you the, better get uh, that first one out in a hurry. Or okay, I am. Yeah, really. <laughs> <I'm trying. laughs> so, you know, this spring the uh, we had that really late freeze and, and the big magnolia slangianas, the big pink flowering mm-hmm. magnolias, got hit real hard. We hardly saw any of those in bloom this, this uh, spring. Well, you know, they have a, a short rebloom period right at at the first day of of summer you know right in that week ish the third week in june and it's harder to see when the leaves are on the trees but they were just beautiful this this summer this june the magnolias they were making up for not having getting to bloom in in uh, the spring it was just incredible it's almost over now but i I passed several magnolias on my way to work and 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 they were just loaded with flowers um, last week and the week before so that was really interesting yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're always rewarded for the pain we go through, right? No, not really. But no. anyway, <laughs> the, the other thing is I just remembered. Ooh. This last week I finally finished my 
planting my spring pots. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Makes perfect That's sense probably, to me, Marianne. I get it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the earliest I've ever gotten them done. I know it's summer, but yeah, I'm just only a little bit behind. Right. Well, it's still the week of the 4th of July, technically. Ish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think you're t- doing pretty well. <laughs> only two months behind. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, I was proud of myself. <laughs> you mentioned that's hanging baskets. Matters. And hanging yeah. baskets, by the way, are 25% off. Oh, yeah. Uh, so And we'll, there are a lot of other things, uh, as always, at Prairie Gardens for sale. But since you brought that up, yeah. Uh, well, a, and well, i got to tell you, we've got off. so much color right now. It's just fabulous. Absolutely, yeah. We we still are continuing to have some fresh annuals for people that, that like Marianne, that needs to finish I her pots. get there. And, you know, everybody was on it last weekend yeah. for getting oh, for ready sure. for the 4th. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So now we have this long, hot summer, and we're, uh, let's get some fresh flowers out there. Summer. And we've got them. And and perennials also, Ed. It just we just got in some echinaceas that were in full bloom. Just they're just lovely, just absolutely lovely, and just a number of things that are just starting to show off. So and grasses. Oh, we're getting grasses in every week. And so. how about the uh, panicle type hydrangeas? John, oh, John's got that front window looking gosh. good with the quick fires and little just limes, fabulous and bobos, and yeah. they are they are just strutting their stuff right now, aren't they? Just they sure beautiful. Are. Just yeah. beautiful. Twenty five. I was kind of sweating doing that yesterday. Fairy garden stuff as well. Twi- so that, oh, that fairy garden. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that goes through Monday, I believe, on that one. On that. You special. know, the one that nice. caught my eye was not a living thing. It was twenty percent off framing, and you know, if oh, you yeah. framing can be if if you want them to be a little bit elaborate, can you know maybe more it than you want to pay. But if you take twenty percent off, uh, you got a deal. So. And yep, I've used absolutely. the frame shop. People who are regulars know that I've used the frame shop at Prairie Gardens many times. You get personal attention. You get, you know, perfect craftsmanship. So if you have something sitting around that ought to be on a frame on a wall somewhere so you can see it, um, you know, now's your chance. So I, I have friends who keep pictures on phones, and you know <laughs> they've got they've got thousands, hundreds of pictures on phone. But you know. Um, if the, the picture isn't where you can easily see it, I don't. You know, what's the point? So unless you're keeping some sort mm-hmm. of historical record or whatever, but you know, having it done professionally and artistically is just all the difference in the world. And being able to oh, show sure. it off on the wall or someplace in your home, I just think that's a wonderful thing. I, this these people are, are just fabulous in our on our uh, framing shop. They're just I've had them do, do a lot of work too, Ed, and I just can't say enough about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, this is Coffee with the Plant Experts, 356-9397. We're around the table this morning, and the experts are ready for your questions. 356-9397. Well, Ed, I've been waiting all week Uh-oh. for the continuation of last Saturday's discussion. Yes, indeed. I'm ready. I am so ready. So go, go for it, dude. You, now. Oh, those, I remember. <laughs> well, hey, Mary Ann, you're three for three this morning. Wake up. Yeah, yeah. really. What am I doing awake so early? Um, yes. For those of us, for those of you who were not with us last week, we had a little discussion about what's the technical definition of a weed, and the experts were not forthcoming with a technical explanation of what a weed I is. I disagree with you. Well, so. I would like I, you. Well, I mean, if there was I think something we gave genetic you a good, that made a it couple a good answers, but um, <laughs> none of them technical. You, you were very narrow-minded. Didn't yeah, yeah. That, Ooh, Ed. I don't agree with you, so therefore you're narrow-minded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> interesting, Steve. Exactly. Um, okay, here's the definition of a weed. Uh, I didn't go any further than Merriam-Webster. 
because after I give you the answer, you're going to realize why I didn't. Okay, uh, Merriam-Webster's definition of a weed. A plant that is not valued where it is growing and is usually a vigorous growth, especially one that tends to overgrow or choke out more desirable plants. So, Ed, come on. I'm, you don't like I that don't, definition? I don't disagree. Any, I think it's any a, plant in the wrong place is a weed. Well, I stand corrected. So you guys were correct. <laughs> as surprising as that is sometimes. Oh, don't lay down so fast. Come on. Let's have a little bit of back and forth on it. But yeah, if you name something. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name something. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Lysimachia. Oh, where you once wanted to have a little splash of color, where it's now become a six foot by ten foot area, when you originally wanted to you splash didn't a choose color in the landscape. Wisely. That's that may be right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a weed or not? Uh, I guess know, that's a better interpretation. I don't care whether it's a weed or not or what your definition is. If a plant obviously isn't getting enough sun or whatever That's it is, not the then, problem. Well, w- w- not in this case, no. But anyway, go on, uh, Steve. Well, all I'm saying is I think we've all made mistakes by putting plants someplace. And I'm not talking about a mistake where it's, oh, I planted that blue spruce three feet from my house kind of thing. I'm just saying (laughs) you put something in and it was perhaps more vigorous than what you intended. You thought it was going to be this or it was going to be that. Or all of a sudden it did reseed in other areas and that's not what your intention was, even though it's theoretically a desirable landscape plant where you planted it or you bought it as that. Um, Conversely, for some people, obviously, dandelions, for a lot, majority of people, dandelions growing in your lawn or is a weed. Um, well, if you make dandelion wine, they aren't. If you make That's dandelion right. wine or <laughs> salad. Or salad. I mean, you can do that. But then maybe they'd be better off in a, quote, unquote, garden section or something like that. Or who knows? It depends on if you're going to be treating that lawn with herbicides or not. Yep. I have and, a water poppy that yeah, was a big, a big mistake. But I also planted, yep, good that you mentioned Lysimachia, Lysimachia numeralis aria, which is a beautiful English, accent. please. But English, for those of us. <laughs> it's, that, it's that one, you, it's the trailer. Creeping Jenny. <laughs> oh, the golden creeping Jenny. Okay, great. Um, oh, that's a big it, help. And, you know, it's the one that, that people put in, in containers, you know, that trails over the side, and it's really bright goldish yellow and okay. just very, very, very pretty. Well, I actually put it in the ground one time. And it, Ed, I, I got to tell around. you, it grew. It grew under the rocks of my pond. It grew through the water. It grew underneath the rubber liner of the pond. Mm-hmm. And it was. It took me probably three years to get rid of it. Wow. So um, it was. It's a beautiful plant, but it was uh, not in the right place. So. Okay. Uh, it, let's it, see. It, we got it, when where would be the right place other than a pot or a container? A pot or a container. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Hey, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. As the kids say, uh, Steve's throwing a little shade at you, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wish I was that Kurt. I haven't heard of that one, Bill. Uh, <laughs> throwing a little shade yeah. at you. Yeah. Okay. As long as, out. You're throwing uh, shade now. As long as it doesn't <laughs> stick, it's okay. That's right. Oh. In, in my day and age, we used to call throwing something else. <laughs> <laughs> that's fertilizer. Uh, yeah, okay. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Totally. That's it. Yep. Uh, my question is, I heard, I can't remember why I listened to a couple, two or three garden programs, and uh, I heard one expert say that 
just to maintain, you can maintain your yard so that the uh, the roots and everything or grass will stay relatively healthy, and yeah, it it won't green up until it's you know you get a substantial rain. He's a bit as little as like a half to a quarter inch every two weeks can keep your grass viable. What would you recommend as kind of a minimum if you do want to keep your yard healthy? You're going to get depends. it all depends here. Yep. <laughs> yep. Sorry. I, I think it depends upon the type of grass to some extent. It depends upon your expectations. What do you have, bluegrass, um, Bill? Yeah, I think mostly it's, it's just it's an older yard, so I'm assuming that was the seed of the day back then. So. Bluegrass yeah. and fescue probably, yeah. It, and with bluegrass in particular, I think it, under the conditions that we're in now, you have to decide, am I going to allow it to go dormant? or not and and how much water i'm going to put on it might depend upon that factor because what you really don't want to do is bring it in and out back and forth back and forth oh for sure yeah so, that's what i worried about yeah uh on the other hand what you don't want to do say if you say well i'm going to let it go dormant under i you know the rainfall has been very spotty um where i live we we're just have gotten virtually nothing now for about five weeks mm-hmm. and and because of that, we're talking about beyond dormancy here real soon, <laughs> uh, where, where you'd almost have to give it, and whether the answer is an inch of water or a half inch of water, but something every couple of weeks, you'd have to give it something just so the root system doesn't start to desiccate exactly. and dry up and, and get smaller. Um, but you wouldn't, you're either going to decide to give it enough to keep it green, doesn't mean necessarily growing like a, but something where you're going to have to be effectively mowing once every couple weeks or three weeks and keeping it a little bit green or you're going to have to let it kind of go brown if you will but give it then just a, a minimum of it's almost like the equivalent of putting plants in an unheated garage or space right. and allowing them to go mm-hmm. in the state of semi-dormancy it's almost the same thing out there where it's a survival mechanism yep i've plants. never been able to do that i've never been able to just let it go uh, i've always watered if if i thought it needed it but everybody's different yeah. yeah, that's yep. your expectations of, of what you expect, you know, what you want for the season. It, it did, Certainly, it does just depend. I, I was being a little bit facetious, but it really does matter how we start the season out. We start out the season cool and very moist, mm-hmm. and grass loves that. So that's what, that's, what it, that's what the plant had been accustomed to uh, beginning the season. So just all of a sudden cutting off water and getting really hot it has been really stressful on lawns. I mean, if you're driving through the country... Um where people have yards that are mowed, the only green sections out there are where the septic field is. Oh, absolutely. Or near the ditch. Yeah. yeah. Even I, that's I, minimal. This, yeah, it's minimal. I was going to say, I'm kind of shooting for just keeping it greenish looking, but not have to mow. You know, I wouldn't want any pouring oh, there's an idea. I'm going to say about an inch of water once every two to three weeks. Yeah, I, I'd say maybe about half weeks. an inch a week, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And, of course, uh, how hot it is, how windy it is, and, you know, so what the plants are transpiring, um, trying to get the water down effectively in the early morning before it all wants to sit on top and evaporate during the heat of the day kind of thing. Uh, And, again, you're, you're better off watering everything whether it's an ornamental or whether it's a, a yard right. in the morning than you are in the evening. Just yeah. from a fungus disease standpoint, you're better off having it dry off as you go into the nighttime. Yeah, I just yeah, let absolutely. my sprinklers 
water all the plants and stuff. So I've that, been keeping it a lot longer this year, and I think that's really helped it. So it's huge oh, for your lawn. Sure. I mean, and, but again, you know, we think as a group pretty well maintained. Raise your mower up as high as it can go, and that's the height that you really should mow at year-round. Yeah, it always it always cracks me up. People say, "Well, I like to mow low. That I don't, I don't have to mow as often." Well, if you're gonna if you keep your yard at two inches, well, four inches looks long. But if you keep it at four inches, it doesn't look long to six. So you're in the same boat. You have to mow the same. It's yeah, just, pretty much is the same. Well, and, yep. and the people that mow really short, right now, about now, you start seeing so much crabgrass or oh, other yeah. annual grassy weeds right. taking uh-huh. over their lawn because they've exactly got right. it cut so short. You know, and again, the shorter you keep the tops, the the less depth on the root system. Everything else being equal. Yep. And I think you just start opening yourself up to a world of other problems setting in. Yeah, you pay somebody to fertilize your yard. Why would you mow it down to nothing and let the weeds come through? It does seem kind of uh, against the nature of it. Yeah, it sounds like some <laughs> maybe something that, that some guy would do. Yeah, <laughs> not you, Bill. I, I got to mention this real quick. Did you hear the other day? Some guy, I think he started a big major fire, and it's unfortunate. I don't know if anybody was hurt, but I don't. I just remember hearing this. He was uh, using a blowtorch to kill weeds and started a major fire. <laughs> Ed, Ed, where have you been? Bill, are you are you shadowing me somehow? Don't <laughs> shade, Ed. Don't shade. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Bill. Thanks for your call this morning. We had some fun. Glad you did. All right. Okay, take care. Bye now. Well, I, we're to ask, I was going to ask Bill how his garden was this uh, summer. Yeah, He usually sure. gives us a good report on his tomatoes and some other stuff. Yeah, so. nobody's talked to us about tomatoes. Not really. I'm going to start talking real soon because I'm just starting to enjoy a few. Awesome. All right, let's just uh, a squeeze in our 930 break here, and we'll be back. And we're not quite done with weeds yet. More coffee with the plant experts after Okay. It's that time. Our garden center is ready and our greenhouses are growing the prettiest annuals and perennials around. At Prairie Gardens, we planted and fussed over all your favorites, then added some new ones to the mix. See them blooming now in all their color and glory. Whether your garden is small or lavish, on an acre or in a pot, pick the best from our greenhouses. Come to Prairie Gardens when you just can't wait to garden. Springfield and Duncan Champaign. All right, 356-9397. You're listening to uh, Coffee with the Plant Experts live from Prairie Gardens. And um, we'd welcome your call this morning. I wanted to tie together watering, lawn length, and weeds uh, because we had a question this week. Uh, well, we were talking about weeds. Marianne, you said you had a, a neighbor or a friend who had a watering system. Yes. And you were, you were looking over at their lawn, which was full and green and nice. Yes. Um, which and I know that you as a group don't really favor automated watering because it's going to do its thing. You know, you see them running when it's raining. But um, I guess if you have a nice thick lawn, weeds are less likely to be an issue. They just can't get enough sun, or they, you know, it's so dense and thick. Um, I had a neighbor once, and he he did not tend his own lawn. But I mean, I I used to walk past his house, and there were, there were no weeds anywhere, and the right. uh, the lawn was you know full and crisp right up against the concrete of the walks and so forth. So I don't sure. know. Watering systems are expensive, but who knows? Yeah, they are. But you know what, Ed? Even the, they've become much more sophisticated in the last decade, five years even. Um, mm-hmm. They're the rain sensors. You know, if it's raining, they don't come on. 
So oh. it isn't like you're seeing that kind of a waste. But so the newer systems are, are much more sophisticated, much more user-friendly. I, I got to tell you, though, looking across the street from my house, both those houses have irrigation. Mm-hmm. And they just have the greenest lawns. But, you know, they both mow a little higher, too. They have nice, right. long right. grass. So. And I think with an irrigation system, you just have to balance what works for you in your life style and how much time you want to give to being out there. But I think what you want to be careful of is not a one-size-fits-all. Right. So if you're relying on the irrigation system to water your lawn only, uh, you, you, know, you probably want to be considerate of sun and shade, and you might have some differences in, in those needs. But then when you get into the landscape plants, that's the big difference because they may need watering from below and not having the foliage wet all the time because of the disease right. issue, or they may need to have a uh, a deeper, longer uh, watering, or again, if I'm going to wa- water my lawn, am I better off giving it an inch of water once a week or two times a week versus every day it coming on, and exactly. and, and having more of it for a shorter period of time for a, a shorter root system. So, I think there's some details in there you want to kind of figure out. And you know, good irrigation companies though do help you figure that out. It isn't like you're just like throwing a dart but it's like bill was saying about his lawn i I just want to keep it alive not mow it a lot just keep it alive half Mm -hmm. an inch a week now would be just perfect probably Uh, maybe a little bit less but you know the the plants need more than that they're a lot of them flowering they've put a lot of energy into flowering and and some of them are are putting out their second um spurt of growth they they Mm -hmm. put a lot of energy doing that they need more water so okay uh, this is Coffee with the Plot Experts. 356-9397 is the number. Uh, one last uh, weed comment before we move on to other things. Um, Marianne, you mentioned a plant that you know got under your, your pond and so forth. What was that again? Yes, Lysimachia numeralis okay. aria. Okay. Golden uh, Creeping Jenny. R- Roundup, not a, a solution there? N- not around the pond okay. uh, because I have fish in it, so... And plants, well, no, it wasn't at the time. Okay. I, that's how I finally eventually got rid of it. But I couldn't believe it was growing under black plastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black rubber. Well, like Hutunia, Hutunia does the same thing. It does. Hutunia is beautiful. Another plant that, just be careful, don't ever let it out of a pot. <laughs> well, you I, know, Ivy will do the same thing. I mean, yeah. it'll go oh, everywhere. Oh, absolutely. It just does. It, it, it will. Just goes. And the only nice part about it here is it seems to get spanked a little bit more. Like, like if we were further south, if we were in Alabama or Georgia or probably something like Kentucky, that, probably Kentucky, yeah, probably Kentucky. Then it then it doesn't get spanked so much, and yeah. it's like yeah. It, yeah. It, it truly can be a weed down there. Okay, I you just know, wanted to I, mention. I just have one comment, Ed. That yep. since I have moved to my new home, which has no lawn, which <laughs> it's a huge burden has lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because where I, where I lived in town was on the corner, and I had to keep my yard beautiful from all sides. Oh, you know, the pressure of wearing a purple shirt. Well, I've certainly seen fantastic. these gardens, you know, the, the, the British uh, cottage garden look where weeds wouldn't have a chance. I mean, you, you, the density of the plantings is so you know, thick. So I don't know how you're doing that, but it's, it must be nice. To, to me, it to speaks to the evolution of a gardener too, where I'm not saying you're more advanced or, but your your path changes. And and mm-hmm. when John moved, he went from a, a corner lot in town 
always having to be on show, especially on the corner lot. Yeah. It wasn't like yep. just your front yeah. yard, Boy, your backyard, pressure. your side yard. Now I'm, I'm moving to a corner lot. And he also had an interest in it. So when he started, I'm speaking for him, it was because of interest. But after five years or 10 years or 12 years 15. or whatever, 15 years, maybe it had become a burden. And and so when he moves, he's moving to a more shaded area. He's moving to a, a natural area. All of a sudden, different plants or the woods around him become what is gorgeous to him. And and other parts that he does decide to landscape or manicure or whatever, it changes in its size and its scope and its scale because of yep. everything around you. Yep. Right. Yep. So, cool beans. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't mean... It just means your path has changed a little bit and you're learning about different things and you're excited about different things and you feel really good that you don't have to do X or Y. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that takes a lot of time. It does. It does. To make your lawn beautiful. You don't get to do the stuff that's fun for you all the time. Instead, you've got duties. You got them out. I wanted to mention there's a new, um, I want to say iteration, new type of Roundup out. You've probably seen it's a gel rather than a spray. And I just wanted to say, if you're one of those people who, like me, if I have the spray, uh, you know, I have to wait for a day where there's no wind because otherwise that stuff's going to drift. The gel is is very handy uh, because it doesn't, you know, you touch the, uh, uh, it sort of comes out the consistency of jello. And you, uh, you all you have to do is touch the plant that you want to kill with this, and there's no spray to deal with. Um, you know. Just and how are, you tu- how are you touching the plant with it, Ed? Isn't it like a deodorant stick? I think I've it seen it. It is. It's like a giant this. deodorant stick. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you have one to half over. inch at a time. Well, not if, <laughs> well, if you have a row of yeah. weeds. You can just, uh, you know, squeeze up enough and just run it along there and, and you'll get them all. Just one but big armpit. Why, thank you, Steve. Oh. Uh, the thing about it is you don't have to deal with drift. You don't need to worry about what the wind is doing. So you know, Ed, I remember uh, Roundup first when it was first out in the market had a foam, a form that was foam. And they yes. took it away, and they, then they came back with it, and it just came back. Yeah. And that, I think you know that's an easy spray. It's kind of like a, well, it's a spray, but it mm-hmm. comes out as a foam, so you can see where it's you, being. You can sprayed. be very exact with how and you it, use and it, and it persists that's on the good. surface of the leaf longer, yeah. so you get better absorption. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I will say this: I was trying to reach weeds uh, behind uh, three very large white bird of paradise uh, trees. They're, they're beautiful, but I wanted to get rid of these weeds, so I, you know, fired up the gel thing, uh, the um, um, armpit device. And <laughs> as as I turned away from it, I brushed a bottom leaf on a white bird of paradise plant. What'd you oh. do? What'd you do? What'd you do? I cut that. I went. I went immediately to the garage and got the loppers and cut that leaf off immediately, <laughs> um, so that it wouldn't spread through the whole uh, system. Absolutely, I'm not risking one of those uh, for oh, the sake of a beautiful plant. Man, did you oh, tourniquet it, it? It's a great. I would have done anything <laughs> to keep it. That's oh that's in, in the category of tree to me, and um, you know. So oh, anyway, God. but yeah, but sure. the, the gel has advantages, but you know. Yeah. Be careful. So so my father used to take the roundup into the lawn, and use the eyedropper on the. Oh, oh wow! Really? So yeah. I like that idea. 
but uh, that explains. I just don't see myself <laughs> sitting on the lawn. I am how I am, I guess. <laughs> so no wonder you fill up five-gallon buckets and measure every plant that you water. I get it this now. This explains a lot. And your father probably dressed up in his Sunday best and did it <laughs> too at the I same mean, time, he right? Or the sporting hat grass that was in there. I'll bet he did. <laughs> no, okay. that was my that was my grandfather. He would come home from church on Sunday with his tie. And we go out into the fields and pull weeds. Okay. Oh, how cute. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving along, um, 356-9397 is the number. We have, there's a bunch of neat stuff on sale, so s- stay tuned for that. We'll run down the list for you. There's some great buys. Uh, this listener says uh, she's having trouble with a neighbor's cat that likes to hunt, but only in her garden. And she wants to know, short of a dog, what can I do to discourage the cat? Hmm. Likes to hunt? Yeah, likes to, looking for birds, you know, slinks around. Voles, nice. Probably gets mice and voles and mm-hmm. moles and snakes, and yeah. I'd let it hunt. Baby rabbits. But, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not baby rabbits. There's, there are products that are repellents for uh, dogs okay. and cats. Okay. All right. Well, she she's really annoyed because the uh, apparently the neighbor has a garden and it's only separated from her property by maybe 30, 35 feet, and but the cat for some reason wants to come over to her place. So anyway, <laughs> uh, better ground. <laughs> uh, again, the grass is always greener than that. Right. Um, uh, someone wrote like, apparently drift roses were on sale at some point there's two part question are they still on sale and are they hardy yes uh, drift roses are hardy okay. uh, we have uh, one gallon pots of drift roses okay, so 997 yeah okay so it's a great price yeah Here, several here's another too all right good I hope that uh, listener is listening uh, another uh, rose question related, as long as I mention roses, uh, listener writes, hybrid teas are way too much trouble, but uh, she likes the scent, and she wants to know what other roses that require you know, a whole lot less care, maybe some kind of shrub rose or whatever, would yield the best scent with least work. She's not messing th- with, with hybrid teas. I think the, I couldn't agree more. I think the Floribundas, by and large, are, are pretty, pretty fav, fragrant group of plants. Those are shrub roses. So I, okay. uh, the knockouts, the, to me, the knockouts aren't particularly fragrant. They do have some, but not the like, not, wow, yeah. that's not, a not wonderful much. rose fragrance. Yeah. But <laughs> I've, I've come across several roses that I, I even Julia Child, uh, which is a Floribunda, is a, a beautiful shrub rose. Um, it, it's fragrance is good not real strong but very good and i've come across several white ones that were just fabulous it, uh, and we don't have any of them now but was it milwaukee um calvatrata calvatrata yeah. is a is a nice fragrant white one i actually think that's the white one i bought because it yeah. was so incredibly fragrant yeah and we'll have okay, that again put, next spring okay so now is a little late in the game for that well to get the selection it is um uh-huh. i think yeah, we have a few, but not uh, again, much. there's a trade-off in everything. You have to say, if if it doesn't work for me to grow a hybrid tea that's even more fragrant than what we're talking about, because I'm either not going to protect it in the winter, or I don't want to plant a new one every yeah. spring, because mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, if you're not going to ever attain that flower because of those things, then 
then there you go. Settle for something that there's going to be less maintenance for you that's going to work for you that you're still going to enjoy. And, um, right, right. And you may have to trade some scent or aroma uh, in order yeah, to get that done. I think it's yeah. just like everything else in gardening. There's always a little bit of a compromise or a trade-off. Sure, you just learn yep. to live with what you can. I, and I think the, the shrub roses, by and large, are just a, a, a great group of plants. Much less, much, much, much less oh, work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, much. <laughs> well, and and they they keep performing too. A little pruning as yes, you go. They do. I mean, they're they're just there. Uh, all right, we need to hit the break, and uh, we we want you to know what's on sale. So we'll do that. And also had a question about uh, small front yards. We'll talk about that as well. More coffee with the plant experts coming up. It's that time. Our garden center is ready and our greenhouses are growing the prettiest annuals and perennials around. At Prairie Gardens, we planted and fussed over all your favorites, then added some new ones to the mix. See them blooming now in all their color and glory. Whether your garden is small or lavish, on an acre or in a pot, pick the best from our greenhouses. Come to Prairie Gardens when you just can't wait to garden. Springfield and Duncan Champaign. Coffee with the Plant Experts, live from Prairie Gardens, 356-9397. Before we get to sales, this question just came to me. Um, this person's been growing traditional daffodils, yellows, for a very long time. And wanted to know, how long could he go along without separating those? Indefinitely. I, I was just going to say forever, but I think those are pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So, so, all right, so unlike some And some varieties things, would be better than others. Uh, you know, I guess some, of, to me, the more simple, basic, less hybridized ones would probably be even more effective. I think so, absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, it's, not, it's one of those that you don't have to divide. I, in fact, I, I really love the clump, that, that big clump look. Yes. I just think that's really cool. They're beautiful. That is neat. They're beautiful. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, good morning. What's up? Good morning. Uh, I have a little tip on Roundup if you're interested. Sure. Yay. Okay. I, uh, what I do is I, I cut off an old uh, handle, an old mop handle or an old broom handle. I like this already. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that way I don't have to get down in the yard. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Then I, uh, I attach a small sponge to the end of it, and I dip it, and I can touch the end of a plant I want to get rid of and not mess the rest of the yard up. That sounds fabulous. Mm-hmm. No bending over. Yep. Yeah, that's the key thing to me. Yeah, and Mike, out of curiosity, uh, do you end up having to, like on a paintbrush, sometimes do you have to r- squeeze the sponge a little bit, if no, you will, against the side of the container, or do you just dip very lightly and not have any drips as you're getting over to the weed, or how do you do that? No, no. What I do is uh, I've I've gotten a little smarter in years, but <laughs> I take not everybody can say that, Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Mike, sorry. But I take uh, uh, these new handles that they've got out for old mops, for mops, are plastic, and they're hollow. So what I do oh. is take a small sponge and I push it up into the end of the handle and just uh-huh. uh, put the end so that I can dip it and stick it where I want it, and I don't have any drips. There you exactly. go. So you're making wow. your own little rope wick, basically. Yeah. That's right. That's perfect. And, uh, then at the end of the day, all I do is I turn it upside down in the garage, and it's perfect. That's a that's a great idea, Mike. Well, that is excellent. It's pretty cool. It'll Absolutely help somebody. Excellent. That's good. I know yep. it works for me. I, I've got a bad back. I don't like to get down on the ground. That's fantastic. <laughs> yep. 
big club there on on the bad back thing. There you go. Okay. Hey, that'll right, that'll take care thanks, of the Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Oh, the other thing. Yep. Tell John to go get himself some stoker hoses, and he can eliminate those five-gallon buckets. <laughs> oh, well, I'm know, not sure the, the ritual of the bucket isn't important here. I oh. it, the sad part is every time I'm around a five-gallon bucket, all I think of is John out there watering anymore. It's just like... Oh, I love it. And, okay. and I, wanna, I, I do want to ask John a question about that five-gallon bucket thing. All right. Thanks. Hey, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Bye. So, John... Yes. If if I have a watering wand and I'm filling up a five-gallon bucket, and if I know how long it takes me to fill up the five-gallon bucket, and if I can reach my hose to that plant mm -hmm. instead, and if I want to count out if it takes me five seconds or 30 seconds or 20 seconds to fill up the five-gallon bucket, would you not be satisfied with that giving you... The amount of water that you want to apply, or can you? I mean, maybe you already explained it when you talked about your dad being out there with the eyedropper thing. I mean, maybe you already answered the question. <laughs> but tell me about this, would you? Okay. Well, I do kind of have that method because when you you know it takes about forty seconds. To fill the bucket. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean about? You probably know exactly how many. I have a feeling you know exactly. Yes. <laughs> Stop watching. <laughs> so while you're filling the bucket to put on one plant, you can put the hose on the other one. Ah. So you're just being super efficient and multitasking. Well, sometimes you have to. Yeah. So you're watering twice as fast because as you're dispensing the five-gallon bucket, you've got the hose running on another plant at the same time. But the problem with the hose is sometimes it doesn't soak in as well as when you're pouring it because usually you, I pour it three times. Watch usually? it soak in. Usually? Every time? Usually. Okay. Wow, this sounds starting to sound like an interrogation here, John. No, See, I know it's kind of like <laughs> I want. I, I want to learn, and I'm learning from this guy. He's a he's a plantsman. I, yeah. I I'm with Mike. I say you go with a soaker hose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, oh, Pat. Good morning. How you doing? Morning. Hi. Um, we have a spot under the tree that no grass. We need some good dirt. You know where to go and get some good dirt. I'd, I'd question whether or not that's the right approach to, to fixing your yard. If It certainly depends on what kind of tree it is. I know that well, it's just what we're doing, we put up bricks or pavers or whatever, uh, a couple deep, and we're going to put hostas under the tree. Yeah. Yeah, I, covering up a, the tree root system is kind of a risky thing. It, uh, when you pile dirt up on the root system, it has a tendency to cut off the airflow to the roots, uh, which can actually harm the tree um well, so certainly I'm thinking certainly, about taking it down then <laughs> uh oh <laughs> uh, how, how tell us about the tree how large the diameter of the tree might be and how much this patio area that you've pulled up is a portion of that tree roots um, on the canopy we haven't touched any of the roots yet um we've got about six inch or uh, six feet diameter around it um, 
And what country is it in? Shallow root systems have a tendency to be difficult to grow grass under. So maybe it's a maple or something like beech or yeah, birch. Maple. But maple. the roots of it clear goes another 10 feet or so over towards our sidewalk coming yeah. into the house. Well, the roots are going to go typically out further than the branches are. Uh, on, so on a, on a, if the canopy of the tree, say if it's uh, 30 feet across in diameter, uh, the root systems are going to be out further than that 30-foot distance, typically. I was just trying to get an idea how much this former patio area where you took out, took out the pavers, what percentage of that root system it might be overall. Is it a third of it? Is it a half of it? Is it a tenth of it? I, would you repeat that question? Well, I was trying to get an idea how much you'd be impacting. The only area you want to fill some soil in is where you took out the patio. Is that correct? No, no, we got the patio bricks. There was no patio there before. But all through the front yard, you go, you walk, and you're coming into these, walk on these knots. From yeah, the right. They're, they're raising the soil level, Steve, I think, with patio bricks. I don't, I don't think they had okay. a patio. To, okay, yeah. so you're putting a patio in? No, putting a pet, just using the bricks to uh, stack oh, it up. Around the uh, perimeter to, to, do to a, a retaining wall. I see. And to put stack the, the soil up. dirt in there and the hostas, and then we'll be watering it, you know, the hostas. I, I, I would go back to what Marianne was saying first, and I'd be very careful, and I probably would encourage you not to put down more than an inch or two of soil. If you're going to, I'd probably encourage you not to do it at all, but if you're going to do it, I don't think I'd put down more than an inch or two because, again, the root system's established itself, so it's getting the right amount of oxygen where it's at, and I think the more soil you put on top of it, the greater chance you have of damaging the tree. Well, and also if you're planting, whatever you're planting, but hostas in your case, an inch or two of soil is not going to help you with the depth of the hole to plant. No. Um, no. So, no. you know, it, it, you're going to have to work not. around the roots no matter what. Yeah, and as far as the, the hostas are concerned, sure, you're going to be digging holes and planting them and damaging the root system on the trees, but... In most cases, I would maintain the fact that you're going to be watering those hostas and you probably are then going to have mulch around those hostas. You're going to give back as much or more than you caused in terms of damage uh, by digging the holes and yeah. disrupting the root system on the tree. And I'd probably just use compost then, not topsoil. Yeah, yeah, I would I would do that, work, work around the root system, I'm in the as soil best as, you calm, can, yeah. as best you can. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done it. Yeah, so have I. You know, for and, and forever, John, it took you know, me a but, long time. It took me longer to find the place where it could be planted. Of, or, right. You know, dealing with not running into a root than it did to put the plant in. Right. Uh, you know. Sure. It, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful look, but then you you will have to maintain it, especially uh, the tree system is going to the root system is going to take the water from the hostess. So right. just more be, water. Everybody's yep. happy. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think, and and I think if you insist upon having uh, uh, more depth than that, you could do it over time. You know, you could add an inch or two this year, or maybe you can add another inch next year, yeah. or maybe you can add an inch a year after, and gradually probably bring it up six or eight inches at maybe at some point in time. Not right at the base of the tree, but you could flare it out, and you could probably do that. But I wouldn't just do it all at once. Pat, are you there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Where could we get some dirt to start with? I would look online, look, uh, search on Craigslist or look in the classifieds ad in the local newspaper. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Pat, thanks for your call. Uh, real quick, Steve, you got some sale things? Uh, gosh, everything. There's a bunch of stuff in the shrub lots that's up to 60% off. There's some great specials. All the annuals got marked down again this week. Yep. So there were some markdowns before. They're even cheaper now. Uh, okay. We're getting ready for a big indoor summer yard sale, clearance sale that comes out, ads <laughs> on Tuesday. So you're going to see all kinds of things going on, yeah. certainly this weekend and this coming week. Okay. Uh, you've been listening to Coffee with the Plant Experts live from Prairie Gardens. Bill, Mike, Pat, thanks for your calls this morning. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to Coffee with the Plant Experts live from Prairie Gardens with plant experts Marianne Metz, John Weisgarver, and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel along with Ed Kelly saying thanks to our executive producer, Jim Lewis. Have a wonderful weekend.